Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome to the second episode of the Meet the Mancunian podcast season three. I'm Deepa Thomas Sutcliffe, host of the Meet the Mancunian podcast, which introduces listeners to inspirational Mancunians making a difference in the local community. Whether they run a charity or a social enterprise, volunteer or coach others, host a community or go it alone, all my guests have fascinating stories to tell. Sit back, relax and listen in to Season 3 of the Meet the Mancunian. Tune in to your favourite podcasting platform every Tuesday. Are you looking to transform your mindset? We hear from Katie Branigan, a master timeline therapy practitioner in this episode. I'm delighted to introduce my guest, Katie Branigan, founder of the Authentic KTB Coaching Service. Katie is also a volunteer with Speed of Sight Charity. Thank you, Katie, for joining me today. So tell us about how you got involved with coaching women. Um mainly through my own life experience um i i've gone through a massive change in the last couple of years and i was being coached and i suddenly realized how much it was helping me and how much i gained in confidence and gained in self-belief and self-worth and and self-love which i've never had before and because i'd benefited so much from it i wanted to pay it forward and help other women so i, I took a year out i retrained and now I'm passionate about helping women. Um, quite a, I mean, a lot of things I say is stop living behind that mask because I lived behind a mask for many, many years and I'm now my true self. Hence, one of the, you know, my company name, Being Authentic, because with me, what you see is what you get. You might not like what you see, but I like me. And that's the most important thing is liking yourself and being your own true self so that everybody can see who you really are. And I think it keeps things easy. I mean, I, I believe in authenticity myself, and I think it just keeps it a little easy because you don't have to remember which face you showed to the world. Yeah. You know, if you it's like simplicity in your life because, like you said, what you see is what you get. Yes, definitely. And then you don't have to, you know, position yourself in different ways to different audiences, which perhaps in the past many of us may have had to do. So... Tell us about this very interesting concept of timeline therapy. What is it and how do you help women through it? Well, timeline therapy was um, devised in the mid-80s and it's a combination of um, techniques used in hypnotherapy and techniques used in um, neuro-linguistic programming coaching, which is commonly known as NLP. 
and NLP, a lot of it is about how you speak to yourself, how you, the words that you use. Um, just sidetracking a little bit from explaining timeline therapy, we speak to ourselves worse than we would ever speak to any other individual. And we are the most important people that we listen to is our own self-talk. And our own self-talk is notoriously really bad. You, know, you tell yourself off for being stupid. You wouldn't speak to your friend like that, but you speak to yourself like that. So NLP helps with the way you talk to yourself and it helps with your mindset. So those two um, things were sort of combined to give you timeline therapy, which helps eliminate negative emotions, such as anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, by going back to the root cause of when you first really felt angry or sad or whatever the emotion is that you're dealing with. And it can also help with... Um, any self-limiting um, beliefs, limiting decisions. So many people, especially women in particular, are notoriously bad for going, well, I'm not worth it. Why should I do that? Oh, well, I don't believe in myself, so why should anybody else believe in me? And I was, I was one of those people that I really didn't like myself. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't think I was worth anything. And because of timeline therapy... I now know I am worth something and I do believe in myself and that's where I want to help women help them get to places like that. Uh, how do your co your coaching uh, clients respond to this timeline therapy? Has it been very different from any other kinds of uh, techniques that they may have been exposed to or you may have exposed them to? Is there a difference in how people feel? I don't actually ask them you know, am I better than, than what you've had in the past? Am I different? Am I? So I, I don't ask them to compare and contrast because all therapy is completely different and it's all bespoke to the individual. And a lot of with timeline therapy or any kind of hypnotherapy, NLP coaching, whatever you like, um, it's all down to the relationship between the therapist and the client. So you need to have really good rapport built up. If you haven't got any good rapport with between the two of you, then it's not going to work very well. There's got to be a lot of trust there of and a lot of honesty and openness. And they've also got to believe that whatever they say when they're with me is completely safe, confidential. I am non-judgmental and they've just got to believe that. So it's different in that way. What challenges have you faced in bringing timeline therapy to women you, you talked about some of the challenges in your own life but in setting up your coaching business and what the reason we asked this question is just to to see if there's some inspiration you could share to somebody else in another part of the world who might be looking to uh, tackle something in their own life uh, you know so yeah one of the main challenges with with people is you know, I'll say I'll, I'll take you back to the root cause of that negative emotion and, and we will eliminate it. And they go, no, 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 no. I don't want to get rid of the memory. And But, they, you know, I have to sort of say, look, you won't get rid of the memory. You'll be, still be able to go back to that memory and remember everything, but you won't feel angry. Whereas at the moment, if you go back to that memory, all you feel is an overriding sense of anger. You'll still be able to go back to that memory and remember it, but not feel angry anymore. And that, that's 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 probably one of the most difficult things. And one of the, we're talking, if you go into a counsellor, um, for example, you usually have to voice what the memory is. 
you have to go through it and you, you verbalize it with timeline therapy the therapist does not need to know what your memory is at all it, that's totally personal to you so it, that's probably better and most people don't understand like well how can i work with you if i don't tell you what it is that i'm going through and my answer and all timeline therapist answers will be i don't need to know what you're going through I just need to know what the emotion is and then you can eliminate it yourself. So it's, it's not about knowing what's caused that emotion. It's just knowing that that was caused by that particular instance mm. and then you can move forward from it. So it's, it's explaining and getting people to understand it more than anything. That's very interesting. And uh, just before we talk a little more about your work as a, a timeline therapist uh, tell us about your association with speed of sight charity well i first met john galloway who was one of the founders of the charities about mm, five or six years ago and he was doing a, a short presentation at a networking event that I was at and he was talking about the charity and what they do and how they did it and it was only a 10 minute presentation well by the end of it i was in floods of tears um because their strap line is making the impossible possible and they really do make the impossible possible. People that are disabled in any way, shape or form, not necessarily just visually, but they can they can have a mental impairment, physical impairment. Um, they'll have been told that they will never, ever drive a car. And you see them drive a racing car around a racing track and you see the emotions on their faces and on their family's faces. And it's... I, I can't exp- I can't put it into words what it makes you feel like. It's just absolutely, it's so emotional. Uh, I went, I volunteered at one of their track days last year. I've not had a chance to do one yet this year. And you, you see these people who you don't think would ever, ever be able to drive. And they've been told they will never drive a car. Whether it's been from, you know, a disability that's happened to them later on in life or whether it's something they were born with, you'll never have a license, you'll never drive a car. And speed of sight make it possible for people to drive a car. And seeing their faces and the emotions that they show, I, 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 I wish I could bottle the feeling that you get and I could share it with everybody because everybody would then want to help the charity. It's just amazing what they do for people. I was saying that I would, uh, I'd love to interview them on Meet the Mancunian at some point. Uh, you know, because it does sound like a great cause and just to give people that once-in-a-lifetime experience. Uh, like you said, for many people who've got a disability, they might be have, might have been told that this is impossible and this might be a dream for those who... Uh, some people might really have that as a dream and it's great that they're making it possible. Uh, yeah, I will do it in time. Thank you for sharing that. So tell us a little bit about who you help and support. To, you know, do uh, do the customers you work with or the clients you work with tend to come from a particular place or are they of a particular age group or is there any common characteristics to them or is it very varied like in many cases? The only common characteristic is they're female. It can be of any age that my youngest client has beat was was 17. And um, I'm not sure how old my old, my, I think my oldest client was in her 40s. Um, I tend to 
I work better with with women that sort of like in between 25 and 50 because they, they tend to know more about what they want and why they think they're worth it or why they don't think they're worth it. I can then work on with them with, them with that. Under 25, they've not got that much life experience, so they, they don't really understand what they're going through. Um, so 25 to 50, they've got more life experience and they, they tend to be a bit more open, open-minded. No, fair enough, I understand. So what impact would you say you've made so far? I know you said that the relationship between you and the client is that of a, you know, of one of trust and you try not to ask them to compare. But they may have, uh, your clients or your customers might have told you well, how you've impacted their lives, how you possibly made some significant, helped them get past significant emotional issues or concerns. So anything that you can tell us about that? Um, well, one, of my clients, yeah, one, one of my clients at the moment actually said to me when I saw her last week, wow, I had no idea how much anger I had. But in conversation with me, she suddenly realised how many things she was angry about in the past, and that's what we're working on going forwards. That's, yeah, I, I, can, I can relate a little to that. Uh, How can interested people reach out to you and learn more? This is when you can tell us about your website, social media, anything else? Yeah, I've got a website which is www.theauthenticktb.co.uk. I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. I'm sort of on TikTok. I'm just sort of playing with that at the moment um, because I think... Video is a very good way of getting your message across, but I, I've not posted much on TikTok. I'm just toying with it at the minute. So just just search the Authentic KTB or Authentic KTB and you will find me. Great. What advice would you have for somebody trying to start something similar in another part of the world? As we said, we've got listeners from around 22 countries right now. So maybe somebody gets inspired by your story and wants to start something similar. How, how should um, they start? Believe they can, so they can. It, it, a lot of, I mean, I'm a, a great believer in manifestation and the law of attraction. And whatever you believe will, will come true. So put it out there, believe in yourself and just go for it. If you, if you don't, you'll, you know, in years to come, you'll go, I wish I had. And I spent so many years living behind a mask, not living a full life. And now I do live a full life. I don't live behind a mask anymore. Everybody sees me as I am. And I, I say this quite often to people. You know, not everybody will like me, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. If somebody doesn't like me, that's not my problem. That's their problem. And someone went, you can't say that. I went, mm, I think you'll find I can because I just did. Hmm. I, I say it as it is, and if it offends people, and, and surprisingly, I've actually not sworn all the time I've spoken to you, and I do swear quite <laughs> frequently. Um, I cannot swear. I'm not swearing because there are um, children around, um, but even then I sometimes swear in front of them. Um, but if people don't like me swearing, then they're not my kind of people. 
if people don't like me, they're not my kind of people. If people come to me as a client and they don't gel with me and I can't build rapport with them, they're not my client and I will sign person to somebody else. So I will never turn anybody away and say, no, I can't help you. Hmm. I would say, no, I can't help you, but he can or she can or they can. I'll, I will point them in somebody else's direction because not everybody's right for everybody. I've had one client that I have had to turn away because we were just so not right for each other. That's really interesting as well. Tell us a little bit about the law of attraction because I have a similar belief. I believe the universe is listening. I've, oh, the universe is definitely listening. And uh, I set up a vision board this year after I got introduced to the concept. So kind of living my dreams as I'm, uh, you know, like you said, it's manifestation. So maybe just a little bit from your own words on what is that law of attraction and, uh, you know, how do, how do how can people make it happen? Just believe in it. Keep keep telling the universe that that's what you want, and it will happen. I set a, I created a vision board about two years ago, and everything on that vision board has now come to fruition. Uh, now you'll you'll get negative people say, ah, that's because you knew what you wanted and you knew how you were going to get it, so you worked towards it. Well, there is an element of that, but there's there's also an element of if you put it out there, it will come back to you. I mean, talking about me swearing, there was a, a post I put out on social media, I think it was last week or the week before, and um, it was along the lines of saying, say, I'm not going to say, um, have a nice day. I'm going to say, have the day you deserve. And then, and I finished it with, and let karma sort that shit out. <laughs> I like and, it. And I'm sorry if I offended anybody, but... I'm, I really believe that you know what goes around comes around. Karma yes. will will help, um, or you know treat you the way you, you deserve to be treated. That's a really good one because somebody reached out to me yesterday and said, "Do you believe in karma?" I said, "Totally," but I try to believe it in a more positive sense that you pay it forward, do good things, yeah. and good things will happen. But yeah, exactly. uh, like you said, there is the flip side of it as well. So that's always interesting. Uh, an opportunity for you, Katie, to talk about anything coming up or anything that's, uh, you know, you want to share with listeners that I didn't ask you about before I move to my signature questions? Um, I, don't, I don't have anything coming up at the moment. I am toying with the idea of, well, I am starting to build a, a kind of course where one of the things I really want to help people with is losing weight because in the last just over 12 months, I've lost five stone and dropped five dress sizes. Wow. Um, so I, I want to help women lose weight. And I, I wouldn't look in a mirror. I avoided a mirror for years and years and years. And Holly, you are 10. You do not need to lose weight. <laughs> and um, but So at one point, I would never have agreed to, I would have agreed to a podcast, but not where you, where you could see me when you were interviewing me because I wouldn't want you to know what I look like. Mm. Um, if anybody finds me on social media, if they scroll back to about February this year, they will see I, I put a before and after photograph on. I swore blind when I took the before photograph that nobody in the world would, would see it. I would not let that photograph see the light of day. When I last checked on LinkedIn, I'd had nearly 8,000 views on it. Wow. Which I suddenly thought, 
oh my god, 8,000 people have seen me looking like that. But if I help, if I only help one person by posting that photograph, then that's what I wanted to do. So hopefully I've helped, I've helped more than one, but who knows. I'm sure you have if you have uh, so many views on it. And like you said, it's, sometimes it's putting the authentic you out there. Um, so it kind of relates to that. Yeah. Okay. So we'd love to hear about that when, when you do launch something. Uh, I'm going to shift gears and ask you the signature questions I ask all my guests. And you talked about when we got introduced that you're a born and bred uh, Mancunian. So tell us about why you love yeah. Manchester. Because it's just a fantastic city. Um, it's The people are friendly. Um I love the fact that there's bees all over the place. Um, I mean, I the atrocity that happened five years ago yesterday um, prompted my very first um, tattoo, which you can see there, which is the Manchester bee. I've got, I've, I, I just love bees. Um, love Manchester. It's just the people and the city, and yeah. I don't know. I just I don't know. I think possibly part of it was down to my dad. My dad was a very proud Mancunian, and um, sadly he supported the wrong football team. He supported the red side of the city, and I'm the blue side of the city. Um, but I think I think I've got that from my dad. He he was he went to he didn't leave Manchester. He went to Manchester University when they were going back to the 1950s when he went to uni, and there were only 13 universities in the country. So. Oh yes, yeah. My dad was the red side of the city, and I was the blue side of the city. But we were, we were both very proud Mancunians, and my dad died twenty-two years ago, and I still I still talk about him every day and miss him every day. Um, so he was a very very important person to me. Where is your favorite place in Manchester? Favorite place in Manchester? That's that. That's difficult. I have a 10-year-old shouting in the Trafford Centre. I mean, no, that's not my most favourite place in Manchester. Um, probably Piccadilly Gardens, as it used to be many, many years ago, when I was probably in my teens, and it was a beautiful gardens, and people used to sit out there. It's gradually getting back to how it used to be. Um, but certainly, if I go back to when I was 15, 16, Piccadilly Gardens... And I did used to, considering I don't like the Trafford Centre, I did used to love the Arndale, but that's probably because I was a teenager and in my early 20s and I'd go into the Arndale. I hate it with a passion now. There's far too many people there and I don't like it. But at the time, because it was new and it was massive, um, I did like the Arndale. That sort of reminds me, I do really like Stevenson Square um, and, and that area of the city, um, which is, um, I think, what's it called now? In the Northern Quarter, they call it now. Um, I, I like that area of the city, but I also like a lot of the outskirts. Um, I'm Didsbury born and bred, so Didsbury's very nice. It's a nice little suburb on, on the south side of the city. But then you can come up to here, where you know Wigan's still part of Manchester, um, and I like it up here as well. So yeah, I just like northern people. Northern people are the friendliest people in the country. People are lovely, I must say. Um... What's the most important life lesson you've learned? Oh, be yourself. Just be yourself. Don't pretend to be something you're not. I like that very much. If someone wrote a book on your life, what would they title it? 
<laughs> what Katie did next, which is very funny because <laughs> that's a LinkedIn post that I put on today. Because um, I was I was talking about um, books that um, I've got your own name in the title and how did you feel about it? And I, when I was a little girl, there was a book called What Katie Did, and then the next one was What Katie Did Next. I'd like to think that if someone wrote a book about me, they'd write that, and it would be called What Katie Did Next or What Katie Did Afterwards <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, did did I tell you that uh, we've got I've got bees in all my uh, all my wall art? So uh, you know, the worker bees of Manchester—they're fascinating for me as well. And the, you know the people on my pod, the guests on my podcast are kind of. Uh, so I have an artist friend in Mumbai, where I'm from originally, uh, who's doing all my creatives. And when we were looking up researching Manchester, we picked, we picked the worker bees. That's uh, very typical of Meet the Mancunian. So, uh, that's interesting. Thanks so much, Katie. I really enjoyed talking to you and learning a little bit about timeline therapy and your philosophy. Uh, really appreciate it and hoping to keep in touch. Yeah, that'd be really good. And I'll, I will um, do a couple of introductions for you and I look forward to seeing you uh, networking very shortly. Katie, thank you for talking to me and my listeners. I really enjoyed learning about timeline therapy today. Dear listener, thank you so much for listening to the Meet the Mancunian podcast season 3, episode 2. I know many of you are listening in from different parts of the world or across the UK. I hope this episode and the podcast itself inspires you to follow your dreams and passions inspired by the amazing Mancunian guests who feature here. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Next week... The Meet the Mancunian podcast talks to Fiona Johnson Bygrave, who specializes in helping empower women overcome the debilitating effects of trauma. Tune in on Tuesday, 9th August 2022 to hear the next episode. Please do consider subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or any of the other many different podcasting channels. Please do also consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're liking this podcast, if you're enjoying listening to it, can you please consider sharing the podcast with a friend or a family member? Thank you so much.